Hi, David Dennis here. Before we get started on today's podcast, I wanted to take just a moment to invite all the men listening to join us at our annual Kansas Navigator Spring Men's Retreat. This will be at the beautiful Crosswind Conference Center in Heston, Kansas, on Friday evening and Saturday, April 12 and 13, 2024. Our speaker this year is Mr. James Carter, the Ministry Director for the Kansas City Navigators. James is an excellent and dynamic speaker and will be addressing the topic, Making Disciples Like Jesus. Now, there is limited seating available, so be sure to sign up today at the link in the show notes. Complete information on the retreat will be found on our website at kansasnavs.org forward slash conferences. That's kansasnavs.org forward slash conferences. You won't want to miss this wonderful time of great fellowship, food, fun, and encouragement from God's Word. See you in Heston. I had the unsavory task one time of writing up three employees that had become frequent flyers to uh, problematic behavior. And I was, I was like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. I was, I was really stressed. And so I went for a walk before this meeting, and I was going to have to write them up all back-to-back, boom, 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 three meetings in a row, and um, walking out in the factory and praying, God, I need help now. And immediately, immediately, Joshua 1.9 came to my mind. says, Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And right on the heels of that was Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And the thing that encouraged me the most out of that, the words did for sure, but it was immediately answered my prayer, and it gave me the courage that I needed to face the challenge that laid in front of me. Have you ever been in a situation in which you didn't know what to do, or perhaps you didn't want to do what you knew you should do? Wouldn't it be helpful if you could hear from God at that time? You know, you can through His Word. Hi, I'm David Dennis with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is the second of four podcasts featuring Mr. Larry Beck, longtime navigator with the Kansas Communities Ministry. You know, Larry is such an excellent example of someone who loves the Lord and loves His Word. I know you're going to be blessed by today's podcast. In another verse, a couple of verses that God used many times when I needed to just think and deal with the temptations out of Ephesians 4, which says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but who is tempted in every way that we are yet never sin. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and favor and help in time of need. There's been a lot of times when God's brought that those verses to my mind and I heard a preacher say one time that think about this is like he says come boldly he said like little children when they bound into the house when they come to talk to mom and dad they just come flying in the front door they don't ring the doorbell they don't knock hey can we come in generally they'll just barge right in 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 the middle of whatever you're doing and so that's part of what the exhortation is there come boldly come now to receive mercy and favor or help in time of need and there's been several times, and I'll share other examples here in a little bit, where now there was a time of need right now, and God met that need through His Word, uh, sometimes providentially through other things, but uh, God used that verse in my life because I needed a, just a word of encouragement. 
But then there's, you know, the whole gambit of the home life, the work life, uh, your friendships, the ministry, and memorize a lot of scripture around those things. One passage is out of Ephesians 5. Uh, after Julie and I were married, Jim Morris, who married us, sat down and did some postmarital counseling. And we went through all kinds of studies, and I do not remember a thing in those studies, but he said, memorize Ephesians 5, 25 through 29 for me as a husband. He says, husband, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. And I'll stop there for a second, but God's used that passage in my mind to think, okay, Larry, you, you're not totally culpable for Julie's walk with the Lord, but you've got some responsibility. And I thought, I need to keep an eye on her, see how she's doing, make sure I'm praying for her consistently. How's her time in the word? Am I exposing her to the best Bible teachers I can find? Am I answering her questions? Because I, I need to, to, in a sense, when my life is done, hand her to Christ as if I'm trying to wash her with the washing of water with the word. And so I need to make sure she's engaging with God. And it says that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it might be holy and without blemish. Uh, that's my goal is to present Julie to God when I'm done, in a sense, more holy than she was. I know it's the work of God, but it's it's still me involved. So all men to love their wives as their own bodies. For he that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord of the church. And that gets into the whole gamut of, am I taking care of Julie and all of her needs? not just her physical needs, her emotional needs, whatever it is. And so God has used those texts many times over the last 35 years of marriage to get me back on course if I needed it or just to remind me of what I should be doing. And as a dad, uh, oh gosh, there's plenty to talk about there, but the passage most people think of is Deuteronomy 6. The version I memorized is, it says, these things which I enjoin on you today or teach today, drill them into your children. Speak of them at home and abroad, whether you're busy or at rest. And so from the time my children were little, I used to look for little things that were going on around us and try to point those out to them. Uh, when they were old enough to start understanding issues of purity, I drove them past a, a junk yard one time and showed them all these junk cars. And then I drove them past a new parking lot and showed them all these bright, shiny new ones. I said, well, where, where would you rather have a car from? Well, we want one off the lot. I said, exactly. I said, so as you guys grow up, Think about purity in your life as when you want to be a junkyard or you want to be a new one because you're going to only get married one time, hopefully, and you want to come to that marriage pure. So that was just a way of trying to teach things on the fly with my kids. And then the issue of friendships. Um, and this goes in not just personal friendships, just in general in life, but a lot of it in the ministry. Uh, Proverbs thirteen twenty: he who walks with wise men will be wise but the companion of fools will be destroyed. As a young Christian man in my orphan days before I was, had anybody helping me, I had a lot of friends that were not good influences. These people were in my three-foot circle. They were influencing my characters, my attitudes. And then as I started walking with the Lord, I thought, I need to be walking with wise men. These are Christian people. And there's a lot of Christian people you can walk with. But I was looking for those that were really in sync with the word of God. And so when I started hanging around Don Henry and Lloyd Wilson and got exposed to Richard Spann and others, these men and the navigators, when I would be around those guys, I would just sit and listen. 
because I thought this this is the tongue of the wise here. <laughs> right. These guys have walked this, you know, mm. path, and I needed that. So I've thought about that a lot, and um, and I need to be around like minded people in the ministry uh, because a discipleship ministry it's talked about a lot, but it's not done a lot in the church. And that's been my experience talking about the one on one aspect. Because it's not, you can't build a program around it, not in most cases, but it's one of the most needed things I've seen. And so I, I need like-minded men around me in that regard. So now as far as other aspects of life, almost 40 years in the workplace, too many verses to go over, but I'll give you a couple. This passage comes out of two, Titus 2, 9 and 10. It says, it exhort servants to be obedient under their under their own masters that's the first thing i've got to be obedient and to please them well not just please them please them well in all things not answering back and not to steal from them and so that there's a pretty tall order right there and not to steal from them but to show that they can be fully trusted so that you'll make the teaching about god our savior attractive i thought my testimony in the workplace is predicated on me getting those first several things accomplished and God would bring that passage to my mind quite often because that is not the attitude of most employees in a lot of environments I mean, you're going to be in. Uh, Proverbs 13.4 is one that God's brought to my mind to challenge me not to be lazy. Uh, the soul of the slugger desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Well, there's a lot of applications to that, but I thought, you know, there's all kinds of time when uh, it works. I, I don't want to work. I'm, I'm tired. I'm no, you need, to be, you need to be a hard worker. A similar passage out of Proverbs 14 says, All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk only leads to poverty. Um, you know, and there's, again, there's a lot of applications to that, but God used those verses to kind of keep me on task. And then when I transitioned to management, that was a, a challenge for me. It's not, management's not for everybody. But a few things that I learned, um, one, you're going to have to deal with problem employees, and that's one of the major complaints of employees in surveys is, well, management won't deal with their problem children, and, and they, won't, they won't proportionally give raises to those that are the workers, and they just peanut butter spread everything. And so, a couple of passages that really helped me there. One is out of Proverbs 20, 26. It says, a wise king winnows out the wicked. There's times you just got to deal with problem people. Even though it's unsavory, you got to do it. In another passage out of Colossians 4, 1, it says, Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. I thought, I'm answerable to God for how I treat these people that are my employees. Mm. So that, <laughs> that gives you a little different impetus on how you make decisions. But um, I had the unsavory task one time of writing up three employees that had become frequent flyers to uh, problematic behavior. And I was, I was like, oh, God, I don't want to do this. I was, I was really stressed. And so I went for a walk before this meeting, and I was going to have to write them up all back to back, boom, 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 three meetings in a row. And um, I was walking out in the factory and praying, God, I need help now. And immediately, Immediately, Joshua 1.9 came to my mind. It says, have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever whither so thou goest. And right on the heels of that was Isaiah 41.10. 
Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And the thing that encouraged me the most out of that, the words did for sure, but it was immediately answered my prayer. And it gave me the courage that I needed to face the challenge that laid in front of me. And if those verses had not been in my head, I would not have been able to think, no, God's with me. Be strong, Larry. Be of good courage. I'm with you in this. Let's go do it. And so I thought, okay, thank you, God. And um, that's still, a, in a sense, a tender moment to me in my Christian life because I thought, man, I didn't need God yesterday. I didn't need him tomorrow. I need him now. And he showed up. So uh, another big area of reason for memorizing scripture is to be able to minister the word of God, uh, be able to share your faith. Don Henry, bless his heart, he had me memorize the bridge illustration and give it to him. And I thought, this is awkward. You're a Christian. What are we role acting here? And but that's <laughs> but he had me do that and memorize several verses with it. And a few uh, somewhere, probably within a few weeks of that, we were at a fall conference, a navigator fall conference, and there was a man sitting next to me uh, who had, who actually was murdered within a couple of weeks after that conference. But I remember I was sitting there drawing on a napkin. And I was quoting these verses to him, one of which was Romans 3.23, for all of sin and comes short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and a few others, and I'm writing this out on this napkin, and I handed it to him and inquired whether he had any interest to you know pray about this now or maybe another time. Well, he didn't, but I was prepared, and it was because... Don Henry in discipleship had made me memorize those, not just the illustration, but the verses that went with it. And those verses are still paying off today. Um, not too long ago, I was on a plane coming from uh, seeing my daughter over in the eastern part of the country. I think we were flying out of Raleigh. And this, I was praying, okay, God, who are you going to put next to me on this plane? And I'm watching these people come forth toward me and this young gal, probably in her mid-20s, she's all kind of dressed in black, kind of creepy looking clothes, black eyes, black makeup, long pointed black fingernails. And and she plops down next to me. I thought, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> and she's reading this book called From Here to Eternity, Searching the World Over to Find the Good Death. Oh, no, she's a devil worshiper. I, I didn't know what she was. I thought she was probably involved in some kind of the occult. And and I, I sit there, I was praying, and it just, I just, I couldn't let it go. And so I finally said, hey, I noticed your, your book here. Said, Tell me what that's about. What's that mean from here to eternity? And she started talking to me. And uh, so I asked her, I said, well, tell me about you. Where are you going to spend eternity? Have you thought about that? Anyway, it unleashed a conversation. It went on for probably 45 minutes to an hour. And I was able to share the gospel in a variety of different ways. Romans 6, 23 I quoted that probably 10 times because I wanted that, that truth to stick in her mind. And I even gave her an illustration about going to work. You know, when you go to work, you get paid. Well, yeah, I do. I said, well, that's what you earn, right? And she said, yep. I said, well, what you and I earn for our sin, and I began to explain what sin was, that you and I earn death. That's what God says. I said, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And I reached in my pocket, and I handed her a $5 bill. And I said, that's yours now. Put it in your pocket. I don't want it anymore. Anyway, I was making the illustration from that verse, and God's used that many, many times. And then he also had me memorize the hand illustration and the wheel illustration, which we can talk more about later. 
But God used those in my life to, on the fly, be able to share the word of God with people or to use as an illustration in a Sunday school class and in home Bible studies many times. And then also, as far as ministering to people, just the ability to provide a word of encouragement or counsel, if you will. Uh, my first experience with that was way back in, back in the early 80s when I started memorizing scripture. I was granted to a friend of mine downtown, and they were talking about difficulty they were having with their boss. And for whatever reasons, God brought Proverbs 21.1 to my mind. It says, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord like the river's water. He turns wherever he wishes. And I was just encouraging her. I said, God's going to deal with your boss for your good, whether you see it or not. I said, he's, he's doing the same thing through my boss. I don't have a Christian boss, and sometimes he's ornery, but I know God's doing something in my life. So the first thing she said, well, where did you find that verse? And so we'll talk more about references later, but God used that at that moment. And even up to this past week, I received a, a text from me, a young lady in our church saying, hey, I've got a friend who's flirting with this sin issue in their life, blah, blah, blah. They claim to be a Christian. What would you tell them? And so kind of on the fly, God brings to my mind and passes out of Galatians 6. And it says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, and he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. And then along with that was a passage out of Proverbs 14. Uh, it's actually Proverbs 14, 21. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is the way of death. And then lastly, out of 1 Corinthians 10, uh, 12, it says, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And so there within just a few minutes, because these passages had been memorized some years back, I'm able to give her something that she can use almost immediately. Because Larry had invested time in memorizing God's Word, the Holy Spirit was able to speak into many, many situations, giving insight from God's perspective. A word at just the right time. Join us next time for our third podcast with Mr. Larry Beck as he shares some practical tools to memorize, which will help us in our own lives as well as in the lives of others on Making Disciples Naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.